This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Blaze Radio Network. And now, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. So, I see a story about uh, Johnny Depp going to this antique store in uh, Lincolnshire. And it's the Helmswell Antique Center. He went there this past weekend. And apparently the antique shop and Mr. Depp had arranged for him to come in and do some shopping at the end of the day. And it was supposed to be a low-key visit. He bought some guitars and he looked at some other items that the place has. And he said Mr. Depp is, uh, you know, really down to earth and he was wonderful and it was just a wonderful low-key thing. Well, after <laughs> uh, reading this story and I'm thinking, oh, okay, well, that's cool, Johnny. You know, he's out to Iran and talks about how he has to stay at hotels all the time and he's bombarded by the paparazzi and, you know, he just trying to be low-key here today. But in the story, it talks about how he arrived in a helicopter. <laughs> okay, so I want to keep my visit, you know, on the down low. But I'm going to arrive in a helicopter. <laughs> I'm just going to land in the lot, you know, close to your shop. And uh, nobody will know. It's just low-key visit for me to show up at your antique center. So don't even worry about it. Nobody will even know I'm there. <laughs> I mean, I didn't realize that Johnny Depp actually had a silent helicopter. Maybe he does. Maybe he has uh, a silent helicopter that zips in and zips out. And nobody even knows you're there. But I kind of doubt it. So... I don't know how low-key it actually was. Welcome! Welcome to Chewing the Fat. I'm confused, and I know that's not a new thing, but yesterday, the governor of California announced that the state, his state, California, Gavin Newsom, will no longer work with Walgreens. He he reportedly ordered the California Department of Health and Human Services to review all ties between the state and the company, including with the state's two largest public insurance plans. Nearly 14 million low-income Californians, about one-third of the state's population, are on the public plan Medi-Cal. It's unclear how much business those public insurance plans do with Walgreens. Newsom said the state won't do business with Walgreens or any company that cowers to extremists and puts women's lives at risk. Now, Rite Aid and CVS have not announced any change in their policies. What are those policies? Well, earlier this year, the FDA gave pharmacies the okay to dispense the abortion pill to patients with prescriptions in states where it's legal. Walgreens and CVS were on board with the plan, I guess until last week when Walgreens said that uh, they won't be selling the abortion pill in 20 states. 
So it comes after the Republican attorneys general in those states threatened to take legal action against the pharmacies that provide the pill. So right now, Walgreens doesn't even dispense the abortion pill in any state. And it said that it planned to distribute the pills based on where it's legal and operationally feasible. So that means that if you don't sell the abortion pill everywhere, you aren't going to be able to do business in California, according to Governor Gavin Newsom. Okay, uh, let me know how that works out. I'm not sure that's going to work out well. Um, Companies aren't going to go against the law. And your state is where it's legal. They said they would sell the the abortion pill. I, I'm again, I'm confused because what I get out of this is that if these companies don't sell this abortion pill everywhere, then they won't and can't do business in California. All right. I hope that works out for everybody. Okay. So how is Charles not King yet? I mean, this coronation isn't until May. My gosh, let's get to it. Okay, let's hop sing on that. Let's go. You're already king. Let's <laughs> let's move on. We don't even know if Harry and Meghan are going to show up for the coronation. I guess he got an email. Uh, it's reported that uh, Harry did get an email from the king saying, or the king's office. Uh, how can it be the king's office if he's not the king yet? Anyway, uh, about the coronation saying, hey, why don't you show up? <laughs> You can bring what's-her-face if you want. I'm pretty sure that's what the email said. Now, they were just kicked out of... They had their cottage over there in Frogmore that everybody was all pissed off about because they got kicked out. Charles said, nah, you don't get the Frogmore cottage anymore. I want all your stuff out, okay? You and anything that your stuff is in that cottage, get out. Because he's kicking Andrew out of Buckingham and making, I think he's giving Frogmore to Andrew, just go over there, get out of my face, I don't want to see you. And he said that Harry and Meghan can stay at the palace when they come back to London. So it's really not that big a deal. Uh, It's just that they don't have their own little cottage like they had, that's where they were. I mean, they're probably not even going to show up anyway. And, uh, you know, nobody really wants them there. He knows that. Just, you know, they're pretending to want them there, but just keep you and your wife back in California, okay? All right, good. Take care. And they were whining that Frogmore was the only place that they met their security needs. I'm guessing Buckingham Palace uh, kind of meets their security needs, you know, the needs that they have with their children and uh, everything surrounding Harry and Meghan these days. But uh, good luck. Good luck. God bless. Uh, it'll be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see if Harry and or Megan and the kids show up for dad to become king. It will be interesting to see. And Chris Rock even went after them a little bit on his special this past weekend, uh, you know, talking about uh, them being the victim and uh, how everybody, I can't believe they wanted to know uh, how dark the baby was going to be, if the baby was going to be black, how dark the baby was going to be. Um, and they're the royal family. They're like the top of the racist chart. <laughs> really funny. And he also talked about how uh, wanting to know how dark the baby is, uh, it was going to be, isn't racist. It's a real thing. Everybody checks behind the ear and wants to know how dark your baby's going to be. And then he gave some examples of the difference 
and uh, skin tone and, uh, you know, what it means. Anyway, just really funny. And I keep going back. Chris, I, I enjoyed the Chris Rock special on Netflix. Pretty funny. He, he took off and uh, beat up on everyone, which is what I like. How about those e-bikes? How about those e-bikes? So now uh, we find out that the surge in popularity uh, from you know everyone wanting to have an e-bike, uh, there's a little bit of a side effect. Yeah, the batteries tend to explode and start fires. <laughs> uh, we just had a big e-bike battery fire in New York uh, that burned a grocery store down, injured seven. According to this, uh, the fires that have started by the lithium-ion batteries in electric bikes and scooters have caused 30 fires, 40 injuries, two deaths in New York City this year. This year. Last year, they ignited 216 fires, double the amount of the year before, resulting in 147 injuries and six deaths. Lithium-ion batteries were the fourth leading cause of fire deaths in NYC last year. The number of blazes have been rising (laughs) Uh, because, uh, you know, people, there's been a number of people, I don't know, purchasing the e-bikes that have sold. Uh, The U.S. imported over one million last year. Wow. So, I mean, the last few years, we've brought in quite a bit. Of quite a bit of e-bikes now that's according to the light electric vehicle association and man do i love that the light electric vehicle association so uh 880,000 in 2021 450,000 in 2020 and as i said over a million uh last year in 2022 so there's quite a few lithium ion e-bike batteries out there causing fires Wow. Okay. <laughs> now they claim in the story, hey, these batteries are safe. Unless, well, unless they're faulty or damaged. Well, duh. No kidding. So, and they're expensive. And you know, 300 bucks a pop for these batteries. Maybe that's why people are buying some secondhand alternatives. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> so, according to this, it's unlikely for the e-bike to combust mid-ride. Uh huh. They become a hazard while in storage or when left unattended on a charger where they overheat. Lithium ion battery fires can engulf a room in about 15 seconds. The toxic gases they release make them especially difficult to put out. So, of course, the government has to get involved, and we've approved several bills with the uh, new safety and certification standards for micro-mobility vehicles, uh, launch educational campaigns on safe usage, and restrict the use and sale of second-hand batteries. It's the city's alternative to an outright ban, which London enacted for e-scooters in 2021 after it faced its own battery fire problem. Then, uh, we're told that the lithium-ion batteries are having fires on planes more than once a week now. I don't know if you saw the video of the Spirit Airlines flight from Dallas to Orlando that they diverted to Jacksonville because the lithium battery in a personal device caught fire in the overhead bin. And that's a little scary on an airplane, I will say, when you have uh, you know smoke coming out of the overhead bin. Uh, seems to make you a little, a little jumpy on the old air, airplane. Uh, landed safely. 
and uh, apparently uh, 10 crew members and passengers were hospitalized as a precaution. Yeah, if you're on a plane where the overhead starts burning and smoke starts coming out, <laughs> sir, are you okay? Uh, I don't know. I maybe mean, for you know uh, for a precaution, maybe I need to go to the hospital. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Uh, we need to get that checked out. I don't want to ever say I was fine because if they start uh, start passing out some cash, I was coughing too. <laughs> but uh, you don't want the smoke-filled cabin. Uh, it's amazing. So lithium-ion batteries. Keep your keep your eye out for them. And uh, I know that uh, we've got plenty of personal devices powered by the old lithium-ion batteries. And so according to... The FAA, these incidents have, you know, sharply risen uh, over the last few years. Yeah, no kidding. And they claim, you know, I was, it was a little frightening. Yeah, uh, no kidding. The whole, the whole cabin is filled with smoke coming out of the overhead bin. Yeah, it would be a little scary. And for sure, remember, if that happens to you, you're probably fine. You know, there's plenty of airports for the plane to land, and it's a lithium-ion battery you know, burning up the overhead bin, you'll be fine. But, <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to, I may need to, I may need to, may need to go to the hospital as a precaution. <laughs> Just be careful out there. I mean, we've got, uh, we've got uh, Tesla cars burning up parking garages. They're telling you, telling them not to park under the, under in parking garages, under buildings, because they can't put the fires out. So, yeah, this electric thing is going to be great, isn't it? Yeah, let's get rid of those coal-fired plants. Man, do I hate those. All right, let's go to the break room. I need something cold to drink desperately. Well, it is that time of the year again, isn't it? Where everyone's talking about making big changes. It's springtime and everything is coming up roses, which is well and good. But most of the time, everything doesn't come up roses, does it? No, I've actually found that the smallest changes to your routine can make the biggest impact. In the same way, you don't have to break the bank to make a big deal purchase. Even the smallest things can be part of a big change if it's something you use every day. You know, like my Raycons. Raycon is a premium audio at a perfect price point so you can build great habits without breaking the bank. I love my Raycons, in fact, and I love uh, that everyone in my house loves Raycons. So I now just make sure that we all have Raycons so that they stopped using mine. So whether you're looking for a pair for everyday earbuds, low latency gaming headphones, or a speaker with a battery that will last all night at your next party, Raycons got you covered. And yep, Raycons start at half the price of other premium audio brands. So you don't even have to choose between products. You can get one of each a pair and a spare, which is I 100% believe in, and still pay less than you would with some of the other guys. So uh, even if you know you'll love your Raycons as much as I do, Raycon wants to make sure you feel great about your purchase. So they offer buy now, pay later options. Every purchase has an easy and free return guarantee. 
Now, I, you know, when you can look at the Raycons, they've got the customizable sound profiles, the earbud tap functions, noise isolation, the custom gel tips. Um, I love the call quality and the water and sweat resistant. Plus, once they're in my ear, uh, they're there. I love that. So Raycons uh, are the headphones and uh, listening devices that you need. Now, right now, uh, you can buy something small. <laughs> with a big impact go buy raycon.com slash jeffy today it's going to get you 15 percent off your raycon order that's b-u-y raycon.com slash jeffy get 15 percent off buy raycon.com slash jeffy so there's a rasmussen poll that shows 61 percent of all voters including a stunning 57% of Democrats, believe that federal agents played a role in inciting the Capitol riot of January 6, 2021, the day democracy almost died. I would like to take that poll maybe today, after uh, Tucker Carlson aired his footage from January 6th uh, and showed that the shaman was led around, uh, you know, and he wasn't, uh, you know, didn't try to take over the government like was portrayed although you know i know he a lot of these people you know there we see that they just wanted to get out of jail they pled guilty and they wanted to do their time get out so it was over with so that the federal government would just leave them alone so the argument of yeah but he pled guilty i know i know that works because he did and he went to jail for almost four years he's in jail now for almost four years and I don't know how much time he spent in jail prior to the actual sentencing and pleading guilty. You know, they just wore you down until you pled guilty. So, you you know, you went to jail just to end it all. So it'd be interesting to see this poll today uh, and see, you know, how many more voters uh, think that federal agents played a role in inciting the Capitol riots of January 6, 2021, the day democracy almost died. Because I feel like that number will be a lot higher. And isn't it interesting that in May, right? In May, that's when the government, the United States will be ending its COVID-19 emergency declaration. Yeah, May 11th, which will allow foreign air travelers to enter the country without being vaccinated. Isn't that interesting? Isn't it also interesting that New York court workers must be rehired and given back pay with interest if they were fired because they refused to get the COVID-19 vaccine? Huh. That's the state's Public Employment Relations Board has ruled that. Under the terms of the decision issued last month, the unified court system must immediately cease and desist from enforcing policies that require all non-judicial employees to be vaccinated or undergo regular testing. Huh. Isn't it interesting that the longest time spent as the number one player in tennis, Novak Djokovic, uh, he just passed Steffi Graf with uh, 378 weeks as the top dog. Isn't it interesting that they won't allow him into the country to play in two opens, one in uh, Southern California and one in Miami, Florida? 
and they won't allow him into the country because he is not vaccinated. What are we doing? Well, I mean, that is just unbelievable to me. But hey, sorry about it. You're just going to have to wait until May, I guess. And then you can come back into the U.S. and play your tennis. It's just silly. Hey, just a heads up to, I uh, see where uh, Toblerone, the uh, Swiss chocolate, you know, the chocolate from Switzerland, uh, they're going to have to remove the old Matterhorn Mountain Peak from its packaging. I know, that's what they're known for. So I guess it mirrors the Alpine Peak and it has to undergo a labeling revamp and it's going to include the founder's signature. According to the U.S. firm Mundles, uh, said the image of the... Uh, 14,692-foot mountain will be replaced by a more generic summit. Uh, according to Swiss rules, uh, if you have, they have, apparently, according to this, uh, Switzerland has strict rules that they apply about Swissness. So the state of national symbols are not allowed to be used to promote milk-based products that are not made exclusively in Switzerland. For other raw foodstuffs, the threshold is at least 80%. So they're moving the production outside the country to respond to increased demand worldwide and to hope to grow, you know, Toblerone brand in the future. And so we're going to have to change everything. Sorry about it. Uh, The mountain-shaped chocolate made from Swiss milk with honey and almond nougat. First uh, on sale in 1908 in Bern. And so now it wasn't until 1970 that the Matterhorn's jagged silhouette debuted on its packaging and uh, with the uh, Bernese bear and eagle featuring before then. So remember not long ago, they tried to change the design of the chocolate bar to space out the, you know, get rid of the distinctive triangular chunks. Nope, people were pissed. Uh, if you want us to like your Toblerone, you keep it in the uh, triangle shape, okay? So now... They're going to keep it in the triangle shape, but they've got to lose their, uh, got to lose the mountain peak. Does that matter? I don't know. Does the Swissness of the package, (laughs) does that mean something? Well, it does to the Swiss. And just as a side note, and not really a side note for the 475 jobs that it's costing, but I see where Sirius XM is cutting 8% of its workforce. Wow. Uh, Sirius XM is cutting their job workforce, 475 jobs. So, I mean, that's good luck. God bless. If you're looking for some new shows, Sirius, uh, you know, you can call me. <laughs> uh, we can talk. Uh, email me, chewingthefat at theblaze.com. You can reach out to me on Twitter at JeffyJFR. Facebook and Instagram is Jeff Fisher Radio. You can uh, always, uh, well, you can always subscribe to the show on whatever platform warms the cockles of your heart and leave a message in the review section (laughs) i'll get to it at some point you can order a cameo that's you know what serious order a cameo from me at jeffy jfr and uh i'll be a nice guy a bad guy a happy guy a sad guy whatever you want and uh you know just that's not free i mean it'll cost you a couple of bucks but i'll be your you know i'll do a cameo for you and uh, we'll make something happen okay all right good
So yesterday, uh, four Americans were uh, kidnapped in Mexico. And uh, I guess last week, the group drove into Mexico, just a state directly south of Texas, to reportedly buy medicine. Now, we found out today that it really wasn't to buy medicine. She was getting, one of them was getting some sort of plastic surgery. Uh, we don't know what, you know, where do you go? You go to Mexico for what, a, 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 butt, a butt lift? Maybe breast implants? Don't know. But she was going there for some medical procedure. And they were caught in a shootout before the gunman reportedly herded them into another car and fled the scene. One Mexican citizen died during the attack. Uh, the State Department currently has a travel warning for this area. Now the FBI is offering $50,000 for Americans' return and arrest of the gunman. Mexican and U.S. officials said they hope to find the Americans soon. I guess our president has been briefed on the situation. Hopefully he knows about it. Well, we do know that they have been found. Two of the kidnappees have been found dead, and the other two are still alive. They claim that there has been an arrest made. Now, remember, it was reported, and it doesn't matter why they, you know, cross the border. Look, they're Americans, and this should not happen to Americans, period. And will anything come of it? I, I don't know the answer to that. Uh, it's ridiculous. I don't care why she crossed the border. Uh, she traveled from South Carolina to Mexico, according to her mother, for a cosmetic medical procedure. So, good for her. Uh, you know, it was probably cheaper. Uh, probably got a good deal. Took some friends with her. Let's go down to Mexico. Get me a butt lift, some breast implants, tighten up the old face a little bit. We'll be good to go. And it didn't work out that way. So hopefully uh, the arrest will lead to more arrests because it sounds like this was more than one person uh, in the shootout and one, more than one person who took these uh, citizens hostage. So hopefully something will happen from it. But uh, the two uh, of the four are still alive. One of the two is injured and two of them are not alive. It did not say who survived uh, and who did not. They did identify the four Americans, Zindel Brown, Eric James Williams, and cousins uh, Latavia, Tay McGee, and Shaid Woodward. And so that's what we know so far. Uh, that's probably all we're going to get. And it happened again? Two airplanes clipped each other? Okay, at Newark, New Jersey, they made contact with the United plane. We're just backing up. Poop. Oh, hey, sorry about that. Didn't mean to. I mean to back India. <laughs> okay, what is happening? Something has got. So it happens way too much. Now everyone's fine, and you know the wings banged into each other. One wing hit the tail wing of another plane, and of course, then you got to wheel it back in, and everybody's got to get off and. They said, it's fine, no problem, everybody's fine, and we've got our passengers deplaned and hooking them up with other planes and getting them to their destination. Still, though, what is happening? So we got you know these close calls at the airport, uh, and, I, and if they're actually dinging each other, more than a close call, but something. I don't know what has to be done, but something has to be done. I know the Delta pilots... Just know that they didn't say that it was Delta at uh, Newark. So, but the Delta pilots 
uh, just voted on a new four-year contract that will provide 34% raises. United and Southwest are still negotiating new contracts with pilot unions, and uh, negotiations, of course, are, you know, pilots want uh, higher pay, better working conditions, blah, blah, blah. That's what everybody wants. But I see where the airline passengers who have long felt squished and cramped, I am one of those, uh, have been told by a U.S. appeals court, tough, don't care about you, fat boy. Uh, the federal, the FAA uh, does not have to adopt minimum requirements for seat size and spacing. According to a D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals, the advocacy group Flyers Rights Org had no right to force the FAA to adopt seating rules because it was not clear and indisputable that tight seating, while uncomfortable, was also dangerous. So in 2018, uh, the Congress said the FAA one year to establish minimum seating dimensions, including pitch, the distance between setbacks that were necessary for passenger safety. No such rules yet exist, though airlines must be able to evacuate passengers within 90 seconds in emergencies. Airline margins could suffer if carriers were forced to reconfigure planes. Yeah, we don't want to mess with the airline's margins, do we? I'm sure... I'm sure the guy, Francisco Sever Torres, who was charged with interference with a flight crew using a dangerous weapon, tried to stab a flight attendant. Uh, He was flying from L.A. to Boston on Sunday when he was fiddling with an emergency exit door. Uh, Confronted by the flight attendant, he attempted to attack them with a broken spoon, but was restrained by crew and other passengers. Nice. So he was trying to open the airplane door. Does that have anything to do with the tight fit of the seats? I mean, I would like to believe that it does. <laughs> uh, so let's make the seats uh, more compatible to fat guy seating, please. But uh, probably not. He's probably, you know, has some sort of other underlying mental issues. And it proves that no one can uh, hijack a plane anymore. And I- I've said that since 9-11. Uh, it said, you know, they were, that they, who was, uh, restrained by crew and other passengers. Passengers won't let that crap happen anymore. Sit down. We're going to take you. We'll tackle you. We'll tighten you down. This will not happen on a plane. That's, that is really good news for flying. Um, the other bad news is you're squeezed in there like sardines and so be it. They don't care about that. And as long as we're talking about airlines, I see where the Department of Justice has sued to block a merger, which we had thought was going to happen, uh, between JetBlue Airwaves and Spirit Airlines. Uh, they contend that the deal would lead to higher fares and fewer choices for passengers. The department's attempt to block the $3.8 billion deal, which would create the nation's fifth largest carrier, argues the merger would hinder Spirit's current ability to create lower fares in markets served by larger airlines. It also claims that uh, JetBlue's plans would harm passengers who rely on Spirit's low-priced tickets and would also affect those who benefit from the more competitive prices on other carriers. So, there you have it. Uh, The Department of Justice uh, wants to block the merger between JetBlue and Spirit. And while (sighs) this is a tough one for me because I don't want the Department of Justice involved, but what are you going to (laughs) do? 
So we're making a big deal of Jack in the Box coming to Florida. So they've been looking to open franchises in Florida and throughout the Tampa Bay area. The company said it signed 14 new restaurant commitments that will bring the fast food chain to Florida and Arkansas. So it's the first time the brand has entered the Arkansas market in over 30 years and over 30 years. The first time it's been in Arkansas, over 30 years since it's been in Florida. I uh, didn't mention a timeline or where the restaurants were going to be located at, but I'm sure you're going to have it in uh, Orlando, Tampa, and Miami and Jacksonville. There you go. <laughs> uh, maybe Tallahassee. Uh, maybe you put one in Ocala uh, for the University of Florida. Maybe you go there. So there's, uh, you know, you're looking at uh, uh, Tallahassee, Ocala, Jacksonville, Orlando, Miami, Tampa. There's six. And you put uh, the others in the surrounding uh, St. Petersburg, Clearwater area and the surrounding Orlando and greater Miami area. There you go. Done. (laughs) You're welcome, Jack in the Box. It opened in San Diego in 1951 and has more than 2,200 locations in the U.S. Uh, That's doing pretty good. (laughs) Uh, That's doing pretty good. I cannot remember the last time I ate at a Jack in the Box. I just can't. It's really weird. Uh, We have Jack in Boxes here. Jack in Boxes. We have Jack in the Boxes here. I just, I don't think about going there. And I, I don't necessarily think I would dislike their stuff. I just haven't gone there. Really, really strange. But you can go to, uh, if you want to franchise Jack in the Box in Florida, just go to the old jackintheboxfranchising.com. Uh, I'm not promoting them. I'm not saying it's a good deal or a bad deal. I'm just saying it's there for you to do. Okay? All right. So I don't know if uh, they serve anything clam driven at jack in the box i doubt it but i see where a florida man and his family found a gigantic clam which may have got me thinking about well maybe jack in the box sells clams anyway so this guy blaine parker uh goes out to alligator point florida and that's you know it's up in the panhandle it's uh south of uh tallahassee you know where tallahassee is uh, that's where the new jack-in-the-box is uh, that's where tallahassee is you just drive south and uh to the gulf of mexico and that's pretty much alligator point and so uh, that's where this guy was and uh it was over president day weekend and he thought he found this big old clam that was good for two servings of chowder and we were just going to eat it but we thought about it for a while and we figured you know it's probably pretty special it's a pretty big clam so we didn't want to kill it yeah of course so he's a member of a volunteer group called AmeriCorps. I wonder why he didn't want to kill the clam. And so he brought the clam to the Gulf Specimen Marine Lab in Panacea, Florida, which he's also a specimen collector for the lab. So there's no way that he was going to eat this giant clam. It's just, nah, I'm sorry, Blaine. Uh, you can kid yourself, but you got this big... Uh, clam and there's no way you were going to eat it so the lab realized parker's find was a six inch 2.6 pound clam and they estimated it at more than 214 years old so realizing how old it was of course uh blaine names it uh aber clam lincoln 
<laughs> Get it? You know, Abraham Lincoln. It was President's Day weekend, and it was more than 200 years old. So it's <laughs> uh, Abraham Lincoln. Get it? So apparently you can calculate the age of a clam by the number of layers on the shell. Each layer, according to Blaine, uh, counts for two, accounts for a year. So Blaine counted 214 layers on the old Aber Clam Lincoln shell, meaning it was born in 1809, the same year as Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> that's where he that's where he came up with calling it Aber Clam Lincoln. <laughs> get it okay so uh i did not know that about clams so anyway the lab added that most ocean quahog clams weigh around half a pound this makes aber clam lincoln five times the weight of an average clam now back in 2006 scientists found a 507 year old clam that they nicknamed ming <laughs> I wonder where that came from. Oh yeah, they estimated that it was live alive in 1499, you know, during the Ming Dynasty in China. <laughs> so they named it Ming. Man, they are some creative people at those marine labs. No doubt about it. So anyway, uh it's report so they you know, they make a big deal out of it. Great. And he's got Abraham Clam Lincoln, it's cute, whatever. And he didn't eat it. And uh then we find out that he put Abraham Lincoln back out into the Gulf of Mexico. He released him. What are we doing? Are you kidding me? They didn't donate it to a marine zoo. They didn't keep it at the at the at the marine lab in Panacea, Florida. Nothing. They didn't. And they just put him back in the ocean. Okay, I want to see someone cooking that bad boy up, uh, just because of that. You post it on social media. Tell us how good these clams are that we caught on Alligator Point. <laughs> uh, I want to see the tag, you know, fresh clams caught and cooked. The biggest one tasted a little dry and old, but still good. Yum, yum, yum. Then we could have people on the post say, hey, that looks a lot like Abraham, Abraham Lincoln. That couldn't have been Abraham Lincoln, could it? Oh my gosh, you ate Abraham Lincoln. Yep, sure did. Wish Blaine hadn't thrown it back into the Gulf. and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.